Welcome to Momentum Church. Y'all have come to a revival night. Um, you know, I've never gotten to preach at a revival before, so this will be a first for all of us. And, um, you know, honestly, though, tonight, as, I, as I've been preparing for this, I, I've, I've been preparing kind of with this thought that, man, this is a class. You know, this is, a, this is the opportunity for us to go a little bit deeper. It's a little bit, we can be a little bit more complicated with our teachings. Um, and, and because y'all showed up ready for something more than, than what you do on just like a regular Sunday, whenever we got everybody and their brother coming in, y'all came for the specific purpose of, look, I, I gave up my Saturday night to come and hear something deeper, right? And, and so that's, I just want to kind of preface it with like, that's what we're doing tonight. We're going a little bit deeper into some stuff here. And, um, you know, for those of you that may be a little bit newer to Christianity, uh, whenever I say that word deeper, um, I, so as you start reading your Bible, you can come across uh, uh, scriptures and take them at face value. That's one of the beautiful things about scripture is that you can take things at face value and just, you'll pull something good just out of reading a verse. But I, what I would describe as the meat of Scripture is whenever you start to see all of the different pieces of Scripture coming together to tell one story. So it's not just about the one story giving you a, a, a meaning, right? And, and those are good things to do. Like we can take the story of David and Goliath and pull good meaning out of that. And you got to have courage. You got to have faith. You got to stand up to your giants. And, and all of that is good. But there's something else that can happen that takes it a little bit deeper whenever you start to look at all of the different stories throughout Scripture. And the Lord starts to reveal how those stories and pieces all work together. And so you can take something like what we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to be talking a little bit about prayer and, and identity in prayer. And for most of us, we've heard sermons on identity before, right? Anybody heard a sermon on, on your identity in Christ before? Lots of people have heard stories on that, right, or, or sermons on that. And so what I want to be able to do tonight is, because this is revival night, right, I'd like to be able to take you a little bit deeper into the scriptures and, and, and show you how all of these different pieces can affect you at a little bit deeper level, like getting into some of the meat of scripture. Do we have anybody that likes meat? Anybody? Okay, good. Yeah, so I, I like meat. I, I like steak. Um, I'm not very good at it, but uh, at cooking it, but, you know, you put enough salt and butter on something, it's going to be good. <laughs> I'm trying to look for some sort of deeper spiritual truth in that, but there's not, I don't think. So um, I'd like to be able to go through and, and look at this idea of identity with you tonight and, and, and look at a piece of, of why in that identity, okay? Well, why? Like, what, what, is the, what is the deeper truth that God took time to illustrate throughout a lot of different pieces of Scripture, um, and, and as we look at identity, right, our identities change um, as we get older, right? You start, out, you start out as a kid, right, in life, and that's kind of your identity. You're so-and-so's son, right, or daughter. Um, you're a child, and you move up, and uh, then you become irritating. I mean, a teenager. Um, you, you become a teenager, right, and that then starts to become some of your identity, and then you, then you become a teenager that can drive, Right, and then you go and you become 18, and now all of a sudden you're an adult. This is a safe space. Anybody, whenever you turned 18, you went out and buy, bought lottery tickets and cigarettes. Anybody? 
Okay, lots of you. Perfect. That's what, okay, for those of you that don't know, like, that's kind of the thing that people do. I, I, I didn't, for whatever reason, because I was like, I, I'm not... I have no desire for this, but you know what? I did have a desire for because whenever you come, you become an adult, you no longer have to answer to your parents anymore, right? <laughs> Is that not right? Okay. Well, so whenever I turned 18, like that was my mindset. I'm like, I'm an adult, right? I'm an adult. And so I'm going to go, and my parents have been holding me down for too long, and now that I'm 18, I'm going to go do something that I want to do, and, and, and so I went out and I bought a trampoline. <laughs> Guys, this is a true story. Like, this was my life. I even, I, like, yeah. I went out and I bought a trampoline because my parents, I was never allowed on a trampoline, never growing up. I was never allowed. They're too dangerous. And so I was like, Mom and Dad, I'm 18. I'm an adult. I'm going to go buy me a trampoline. So that's what I did. I was like, yeah, I got me a trampoline. But can I store it in your backyard because I'm still living with you guys? <laughs> right, your identity changes. Whenever I turned 20, uh, my identity changed and I now became a husband. Um, at, at age 23, my identity changed again. I became a father. You know, we have different times whenever our identities change, um, and, and the thing is, is that sometimes our identities can change even with, let's say, jobs and positions, right? Now, we've all heard the sermons, and I think I've even preached a sermon before where it's like, you can't let your job define your identity, right? Okay, that sounds great, but can we just be honest? Like, whenever you got the promotion to manager, you walked in the next day a little bit different. Can I get an amen? Like, you got the promotion. You then became the CEO. You then became the owner of the company or whatever it was. And you changed the way that you walked into work the next day. Does anybody understand what I'm saying? Well, I'm going to need you all to pretend like you're Pentecostal and talk to me. It's a safe space. There's not that many of you here. Okay, come on now. Talk to me. Right, so you changed the way that you acted. Why? Because pieces of your identity did change, right? You identified as that CEO, as that owner, as that manager, right? And, and, and sometimes, though, it's, it's important not to just understand the identity that we have, but sometimes it's important to understand the why behind the identity that we have. And that's what I'd like to talk about tonight because here's the thing, right? There's a big difference between, like, Okay, so uh, you got promoted to manager because, well, uh, nobody else here is qualified and you're the closest warm body that we have. <laughs> right? You don't, you don't walk into work the next day feeling awesome about yourself because you got the manager spot that way. But whenever all of a sudden, like, you realize there's an open position and you're now competing against four or five other people in your organization and you've got to compete with sales numbers or calls or whatever and you beat out all those other people for that position, now the why suddenly has a different meaning in your life as to how you move into that identity. Now all of a sudden you start walking into work the next day going, yeah, I, did. I beat all you guys, right? Or at least you competitive people. That, that's what I would do. I walk in, I'd be like, heck yeah, man, where's the corner office? They're like, you're not that big yet. Go sit down in your cubicle. Right? So, but that's, that's what we do. The identity changes when we understand the why behind the identity. 
right? And, and it's not, tonight it's not just about understanding that Jesus died to save us and uh, bring us into his family. Like, that's not just it. Like, that, that is a great starting point, but I'd like to give you a little bit more of the why, a little bit more of the why behind, like, why you can take confidence in this, because confidence means a whole lot for you. And if we're going to get started in this, the, thir- the first thing that we need to look at is that God really likes the number two, right? And for all you competitive people, you hate that. You're like, number two, and I'm number one. Thank you very much. Remember, I beat out all those other people for this job, right? That's all you competitive people, right? But here's the thing. God really likes the number two. And if you're going to be a, 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 a sage or a scholar of Bible uh, understanding, biblical literacy, then you've got to start thinking like a Bible scholar, and you've got to start looking at all of the different little pieces, because can I tell you that God so uh, completely orchestrated events that he lined up thousands of years to, to create different events that would then reflect all of the other stories that he said, right? I mean, like, he's very detail-oriented. And, and, and as we look at even Hebrew uh, scripture, if we look at Hebrew words, right, you have, you have words that have several different meanings in Hebrew. But not only that, but whenever you look at the letters that make up the words, they change how you interpret that scripture, a little dot here or a dot there suddenly changes the whole meaning of what you're reading. And so uh, Jewish sages believe that uh, uh, God created the Hebrew alphabet. Whenever he spoke everything into existence, he spoke the Hebrew alphabet into existence. And the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet is actually Aleph, which uh, is, is a silent letter, which is interesting only because the first word of Scripture starts with the letter B or bait, right? And it kind of looks like this in manual print, okay? It kind of looks like that. And, and what's interesting that Jewish sages uh, uh, like to talk about is, like, if God created this Hebrew alphabet and he starts with the letter Aleph, why would he also not start his holy Scriptures with the first letter of the alphabet that he created, and so the first letter is actually not Aleph. The first letter in, in Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 is Beit for Bereshit. That is the first word that comes out of God's mouth uh, in his holy scriptures, Bereshit. And it looks kind of like that. And, and here's the thing. As we look, right, it, this is not where it stops, right? As we look at all kinds of different scriptures, all kinds of different stories, I, I actually got I was boring myself, like how many times you can find important references to the second uh, whatever in scripture. I, I just want to give you a few, okay? So let's start out like with the first king of Israel, Saul, right? He was supposed to be uh, this incredible king for his country. He stood ahead and shoulders above everybody, and God came and met with him and was like, look, I, I, want, I want to bless you and, and all of this. I want your kingdom to be blessed. All you have to do is follow me and you know, Saul did it for a little while, but then he sort of started tapering off. And then we have the second king. Everybody say second. The second king, David. The second king of Israel is actually far more blessed than the first king. It actually says in scripture that, that David was a man after God's own heart. 
Now, I've got a lot of scriptures that I'm going through. Like, if you want to, uh, in the back, you can just start posting them. You're going to know whenever I get to them. Um, and, and I'm not going to read through every scripture that I have listed because every scripture there, like, in, in order to see some of this, you're going to have to go through all of First and Second Samuel. Okay, so I'm, I'm not going to read that to you tonight. <laughs> you could get that on audio tape, and I'll put you to sleep with it. All right. Tape, what is that? That's not a thing. That's definitely not a thing. Um, yeah, so, so they're up there. They're also in mymomentumchurch.tv. Click today's notes, and you'll have all of the scriptures. They're just jumping off points so that you know that I'm not crazy. All right? So we got Saul and David. David is the, is the more blessed one, the second king. All right? So then let's, let's move forward to, let's go to Elijah. Elijah. Now, we've heard a lot of cool stories about Elijah. Elijah is a pretty awesome dude. Like, I think all of us would say if we could call fire down from heaven, that'd be a good day. You know, especially if it landed on some of y'all's bosses, right? We'd be like, heck yeah, sign me up for that one, right? Elijah, he did a lot of cool stuff, lots of cool stuff. But let, throw that scripture up there for me where it's in Second uh, Kings, I think. Yeah, 2 Kings 2.9. It says, when they had crossed over, Elijah said to Elisha. Elisha was his number two. That's not an accident. Ask me what I should do for you before I am taken from you. And Elisha said, please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. Mm. This is interesting. Like, even Elijah's like, bro, I don't know that we can do that. Like, I've been with God a long time and I've done some cool stuff, but I don't know that that one's going to happen. If it does, you're going to see me go up, all right? But I don't know. And sure enough, what happens? He ends up receiving a double portion of, of the spirit of Elijah on himself. And now all of a sudden, he goes on and he does even more signs and miracles. It's that number two, right? The last one that I want to look at is Vashti. Vashti. Now, not a whole lot of people typically talk about Vashti. Did I, spell, I, I did not spell that right. I'm going to throw that H right in there. It'll be fine. It's close enough. Vashti. Now, this was, this was the first queen, queen of King Ahasuerus. Now, the only way that I can remember that is with the mnemonic device. I'm like, Ahasuerus. <laughs> You're welcome. If you get nothing else out of, night, out of tonight, you can go home with that one. Because he got rid of the queen. Ahasuerus. <laughs> so that was the first queen that was the first queen she, he got rid of her and we all know who the second queen was Esther wow how about that she ends up saving an entire Jewish nation and, and, and it says that, that the king loved her more than any of the other women all of a sudden it sounds to me like the second seems real important here Let's go into John chapter 3. We're starting to understand this. And, and here's the thing, guys. Like I said, you can, you can look up a lot of different times where second comes into play, where the second comes into play, right? You could look at the first temple versus the second temple. The second temple was, was more beautiful. It was more glamorous. And God's spirit uh, dwelled there. His glory came over that place. We know that that was a place that God approved of, and it was bigger and more beautiful whenever Solomon built it. 
right? You could look at even Canaan. The first time that Israel uh, and his family lived in Canaan was not the, the time that that was considered the blessed promised land. It was after Israel came back the second time that it was more blessed, right? We see it all throughout Scripture. Let's go to John chapter 3. Verse 3 is where we're going to start. And this is where Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. Jesus answered and said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? He cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born, can he? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not be amazed that I said to you, you must be born again. So if we're looking at this number two, and we're looking at uh, this scripture, that, uh, this conversation that Jesus just had with Nicodemus, one of the things that we are going to see is that now all of a sudden we are introduced to this, this concept known as the second birth, a second birth. Now, things become more interesting whenever you look at second birth and then go back into the Old Testament. The second birth, because if, you, if you've been around church for a long time, you've heard people say that the firstborn was supposed to receive the blessing from the Father, right? The firstborn is supposed to be the more blessed one. But there's so many times where we see that that is not the case in the Old Testament. Ishmael, the first son of Abraham, was supposed to receive the blessing, but he was not the one that was supposed to be promised, Right, And so God does this little this switch back, and he's like, look, I know that the firstborn is supposed to be the blessed one. The first birth is supposed to be the blessed life. However, I'm going to bring you somebody else that I want you to bless, and his name is going to be Isaac, and we all remember Isaac. Right, if we go into, uh, let's, let's go to Esau. Esau and Jacob, can we, can we forget for a second that, that Jacob stole the blessing? And just remember, Esau was the firstborn. He was supposed to get the blessing. He was supposed to be more blessed than anybody else in his family. And, and, and ignore for a second that Jacob stole the blessing and just understand that God had already ordained Jacob to receive that blessing. Like it was in God's plan for him to receive that blessing. We just don't think that it was supposed to be Jacob's duty to go take it. Right, He took matters into his own hands. His mom took matters into her own hands and took that blessing. I don't know if it was intended to happen like that. I doubt that. I think that God has other ways that he can bring about blessing into people's lives without them having to take it. I'm just, I'm just saying. Right? We got Esau and Jacob. Let's look, at, let's look at a couple of females. Right, Who Jacob marries? Leah. Leah and Rachel. Leah was the firstborn. But it says in scripture that she was weak in her eyes. She wasn't much good, uh, much use to her family. But Rachel, she was beautiful. And she was a shepherdess. She was very useful for her family. And it says that Jacob loved her more than Leah. Right? There's a lot of different stories that could come out of, out of just these stories. But let's just stay there for now. Rachel was the more blessed one. I'm going to hit just real quick Manasseh. This is, if I spell it right, it'll be a miracle. Manasseh and Ephraim. As we come to the end of Genesis, we'll see where uh, uh, Joseph, I'm sorry, Jacob puts his hands on Manasseh and Ephraim, and he gives the bigger blessing to the second born. Are we starting to see any kind of interesting parallels here? 
The last one, all right? I promise, last one right here. And this one, like I expect to see emojis coming out of your brain whenever you see this, okay? The last one is Adam. Throw that scripture up there for me. Check it out. As, they're going, as Luke is going through the genealogy of Jesus, he comes to Adam. And what does he say that Adam was? He was the son of God. Adam was the firstborn of creation. Jesus was God's secondborn. All right, there's the emojis. <laughs> Jesus was the secondborn. All right. Adam, Adam was created from the dirt. He was created from the earth. He was God's first son, quote unquote. And, and that was where the blessed life was supposed to come from. It was supposed to be that, that Adam and his lineage had the blessed life, that, that they ruled and reigned over the earth and subdued it, and, and they walked in all of God's blessing and all that he had for them. But unfortunately, we can see where it doesn't happen that way. Can we throw up Romans for me? Romans, I think it's 5. Should be towards the end, 5.15. But the gracious gift is not like the offense, for if by the offense of the one the many died, much more, and he's talking about Adam there, much more did the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many. Here's what's interesting. We have to be born again to walk into the blessing that God wants for us. We have to be born again. We have to have that second birth. And whenever we have the second birth, now all of a sudden we start to understand if we look at all of the different pieces of scripture, we look at, at all of the areas where the number two comes into play, where second place is actually more important than first place. What we did at the beginning is not as important as what we've done in the second birth. And see, what I love about this is that, yes, like you could have come in and just known that, that our identity is in Jesus and, and we have now become sons and daughters of God the Father and that's great and that is perfect and that is accurate, but it's something that is a little bit different in how we can walk into prayer whenever we start to pull all of the different pieces throughout Scripture because none of this is by accident. Like God wanted to say, look, if you want to go into the meat of Scripture and you want to understand the why of your identity and why it's even more than just Jesus dying on a cross, but that I've had a plan for the past uh, thousands and thousands of years that I have orchestrated up to this point because you've been following Jesus for a very long time, but you still find that you're hopeless and, 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 and that you, you're still depressed at times and you still struggle with stuff at times and you're still worried at times. And he says, look, I, I, you've been a Christian a long time. It's time for you to start eating some of the meat of Scripture. And, and I've, I've lined all of these different pieces up. Look at the number two. Look at the number two. Look at the number two. All of these times that you go throughout life, I want you to remember in your prayers that it's time to come to me as the number two, not the number one. And that's a little weird. But whenever you start to understand your identity through the second birth, suddenly you start to pray a little differently. You start to pray a little differently because now all of a sudden, you start to understand the why better. And like we said earlier, whenever you understand the why, it, it changes not just the identity, but how you walk in that identity. 
And so we don't have to go to God uh, uh, hoping for God to answer our prayers. We don't have to go to God and, and, and be nervous about, Lord, I don't, I don't know if I can pray for this. I don't know if I can pray for that. It doesn't, you don't have to worry about that. I remember going to Walmart uh, looking for socks for my kids because my dog eats all of my kids' socks. I don't know if they got funny smelling feet or what, but my dog eats all of my kids' socks. We went to Walmart and we're like, all right, hey, we're buying y'all socks if you need them. And so my older two, Gabriel and Gracie, they were like, yeah, we need socks. The dog is eating and I ate one of them. And <laughs> But Malachi, he, he wasn't so sure about all of it. I, I, don't, know, I don't know what was going on, but he, he was like, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know if I need any. You know, I think I got some at, at home. And, um, and, and, and so we didn't buy him any that day. But then whenever we get home, he's, he's upset. He's like... I need socks and you guys didn't buy me any. And we're like, whoa, whoa wait, what is, wait a second. Like we were in Walmart and we asked you what you needed. Like I'm your dad and if you need socks, I'm going to buy you socks. Like you don't ever have to worry about that. Like you just come to your dad and your dad's going to get you whatever you need. You don't have to worry about that. You don't have to worry about my answer on that whenever it's something that you need. If it's something that you want. Right? Sometimes, sometimes I can take care of what you want. You don't have to be afraid to come to me and ask for that stuff. And so many times as Christ followers, we get into these self-conscious places in our prayer times where it's like, well, we just got to go through the motions because I've got to pray because I don't want to feel bad about not praying. But at the same time, I'm kind of nervous to pray about what I really need in this life, what I really want in this life. And, and, and as a second born, as the second birth, right, we need to understand that God is a father who said, look, I've orchestrated all of this. Not just for fun, not because I'm a bored God, but because I really want to drive home a point with you that you deserve to stand in my presence. And if we're standing in the middle of Walmart and you need some socks, you just need to ask your dad. Look, if you're dealing with some financial issues, right? If you're dealing with some financial issues, I'm going to share a story. I'm not going to share who it's from. Like, I... I heard this story one time, and it, it stuck in my head, and I've, I've thought about it numerous times over the years, or, or over the past year, I guess, because I just heard it probably less than a year ago. My timeline is off. Okay. And this guy was like, look, I need, uh, Lord, I, I need money to go through with this investment or whatever, and, you know, I don't know where the money's coming from. I don't know how it's going to work. You know, I don't know any of that. And, and so he started praying, and God gave him a vision, and that vision was God st sitting on his throne, and he just shakes gold dust off of his sandal. And he's like, bro, you don't know that the streets are made out of gold up here. I've got everything at my disposal. It's not that big of a deal. If you need something, guess what? I own a thousand cattle on a thousand hills. Everything on this earth, everything on this planet belongs to me. And if you need something, you just ask. Because I'm a good father and you're second born. Guess what? That means you get the blessing. Favor ain't fair, and we, t we should start walking in that. We walk so many times as people who, who feel like we don't deserve the blessing, that we don't deserve the favor of God on our lives. And so we go around and we watch all of these satanic people walking around getting blessed, get, getting favor from, from their father. 
And, and we're like, oh, we don't deserve God's blessing. We don't deserve God's presence. We don't deserve God, God's favor on our lives. Bull honky. Like we should be walking around going, yeah, we walk in favor because <laughs> we, got, we got a father that has blessed us. And we can go to him for anything that we need. If you need financial help, you need to be able to just go to him and say, Lord, I understand who I am in you. I understand that you are my father and that you have access to every single resource that you've ever created. I need some help with this. God, I need emotional help. I don't know how to get through this. I need emotional help, right? God, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. I need relational help. I need to figure out what I need to do next. And it's not just Jesus take the wheel, right? That's not what it is. It's, it's, it's this partnership of father and, and child working together. It's a partnership. And so what I want to do tonight is I'd like to take some time to just walk through prayer with you. And, and, and hear me out on this, okay? Because I, I think that there are certainly plenty of times where you're cutting up carrots, right? And you just need to be praying like, Lord, hey, this is what's going on today, <laughs> right? I've had a stressful day. It's been crazy, whatever. I'm just cutting up carrots, right? I'm, I'm fixing the plumbing on my house, right? Or whatever it is. And you just, you just have these, these prayer times. But I think it's also important at times for us, if you realize that you've got five or 10 minutes where nothing's happening, let the nothing happen and just go to God. And, and, and spend that time in prayer in a different way. And that's what I wanna walk you through tonight. Prayer in a different way, understanding the second birth. All right? So even if you're online with us, I want you to be able to, to, to pray with us. So. We're just going to close our eyes. We're going to let the piano play. We're going to get real quiet. So we're going to go into, into prayer. And what I want to be able to do is help you connect with the father of all creation. Like it's a, it's a very intentional thing. You don't connect by accident. It's a very intentional time. And we're going to take some time tonight to, to intentionally connect with the, with the father of those who are in the second birth. So as your eyes are closed, for most of you in here, there's going to be a lot of different thoughts entering your mind. I need you to, to picture pushing them out. Push those thoughts out of your mind. Right? Find a space where in your mind where you can see that you're, you're there by yourself. Your thoughts are not allowed to be in that space. With everybody's eyes closed, is there anybody in here who has, a tr who has trouble visualizing that? Show your hand. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Thank you for being honest right now. The Lord is going to help you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray a quick prayer for those of you that just raised your hands. Got it. Dear God, right now in the name of Jesus, I pray that you can clear their mind, Lord. Show them pictures right now. Show them pictures right now. Pictures right now in the name of Jesus. Let them see. Let them see through your eyes, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Just like the prayer in Kings, Lord, I, I pray that you would open their eyes mentally, Lord. Open their eyes, Lord so that they can go to that space with you, God. 
If that was you that raised your hand, I want you to just pray. Lord, open my eyes. Open my eyes. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I, I command all these thoughts to be pushed out of their minds so that they can see clearly. I'm going to ask something boldly here. For those of you that raised your hand, are, are any of you able to see yet? Okay, I see that. Yes. Yes, Lord. We remove depression, we remove anxiety, we remove cluttered thoughts in the name of Jesus. We remove worry, we remove feelings of, of less. We walk into your second birth. It's gotta be an intentional decision. Walk into that second birth. With everybody seeing yourself and removing those extra thoughts, I want you to see the fact that you are blessed intentionally. Thank God. Thank God for blessing you with the second birth. Thank God for blessing you with the second birth. time with that because I guarantee you there's someone in here that's having a hard time with with thanking God for the second birth but I, I want you I, I want you to to just pray Lord help me receive the blessing of the second birth help me to receive that blessing help me to receive your words over my life connect with God right now, as you connect with his spirit right now, whatever you need, I just want you to ask him, knowing that you have a right to be there before him, whatever you need, right? It's no different than standing in Walmart. You need socks, right? It's no different. It's no different. We make, we make talking to God sometimes out to be like it's, it's way bigger than, than our everyday life. You are second birth creations. Go stand in front of God. Go stand in front of your father. struggling to push thoughts out of your mind. It's a struggle sometimes, especially if you're new to it. You're not alone. You're not weird. You're not less than. You just have to keep pushing those thoughts out of your mind. Just keep working it. Keep working it. Keep working it. It takes practice. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. For more information, please check out www.com 
momentumchurch.tv.